Welcome to the House of Cinema podcast. I am your host, Joe Aragon. Uh, with me, as always, Clara Curtis. And today in the house, part two of the epic saga of discussing the Hall of Fame of Studio Ghibli. Clara, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling pretty good. I am excited to keep going. We have some pretty big ones to still talk about, I feel like. I f- well, yes, we do. But also, <laughs> I feel like the first half was jam-packed with really, really good ones. That now we're getting to the second half where there's still really good ones. But there's also a fair share of not good ones. Uh, maybe some of the worst ones, I would argue. Maybe you would argue as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I. yeah, you're right. <laughs> I know. I, I don't like to be negative. I try my best not to be negative. You know, a lot of times people ask me, hey, Joe, do an episode on like the worst of the worst movies of the year or mm-hmm. like the worst. I'm like, oh, it's not fun talking about movies that aren't good. Like there are, no. they exist, obviously. And exactly. I will admit when something doesn't, you know, work for me or work, but... I don't want to focus on all the bad ones. It's no fun. No, exactly. And I feel like we've talked about this a couple times where it's like, that's definitely how I approach things as well is like, I try really hard to be as positive as I can be unless like there's some like glaring like bigotry in a movie. Then I'm like, fuck this movie. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I feel the same way. I feel the same way. So we'll we'll talk about the ones that aren't good. We're going to talk about the rest of them. There's about one, two, three four five six seven eight nine about nine left maybe eight i, I just quickly uh yeah nine looked at no. it. nine okay perfect you did it you counted awesome i counted uh pre- <laughs> i guess previously on i guess like a quick yeah. recap of part one we discussed all the way from 1984's nausicaa of the valley of the wind mm-hmm. to 2002's cat returns and if you weren't here for part one for some reason and you're just skipping a part two well more power to you yeah um, just to remind you how the episode works we are going through every Studio Ghibli movie from the beginning to the end and then asking the question, does it belong in the Hall of Fame of the 10 best Studio Ghibli movies? Mm-hmm. So far, we have concluded the following movies are locked in the Hall of Fame. That's Nausicaa, The Valley of the Wind, Kiki's Delivery Service, Whisper of the Heart, Princess Mononoke, and Spirited Away. The following movies... I'm going to mention right now are in the maybe we need to discuss further and that's my neighbor totoro castle in the sky and grave of the fireflies and then the ones that are no not in the not in the hall of fame but we still like well, we still like all of these except for i wasn't a fan of one of them uh <laughs> porco rosso ocean waves is the one i really didn't care about mm-hmm. uh, i think clara liked it a little bit more than i did but i that's was not true. a fan uh, only yesterday i was mm-hmm. a big fan uh, I think we're both big fans, actually. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. My Neighbor the Yamadas and The Cat Returns. Those were all, no, not in the Hall of mm-hmm. Fame, but uh, we love most of them anyways. So yep. without further ado, uh, any any quick discussion? Do you want to say anything about our previously on? <sighs> um, we left on a cliffhanger. It was like an episode of Dragon Ball Z or something. <laughs> I really appreciate that reference. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm really bummed the last episode I didn't say, like, next time on Dragon Ball Z. I should have said oh, we, like that. We have to try and remember to do that the next time we do, like, a two-parter. Yes, I think that would be really do. fun. I, I think, think so too. Well, wait. Would you get copyrighted? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Well, if I took the audio, I would, but uh, okay, okay. I don't do that anymore. So. 
<laughs> good, 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 good. Okay, cool. I just want to protect us legally. Um, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, of course. Um, I just, I don't think I have, I, I stand by everything we've said. <laughs> yeah, I do too. What do you say to the people who are like, you don't have Totoro, Castle, and Graven Sky in the locked in section yet? Like, what's your um, response to people who say that? Calm down. Just... <laughs> <laughs> calm down. It's just, not a no, but yeah. it's just we need to, to look at everything first is exactly. what we're trying to say. Ooh, actually, another thing I would say is, like, regardless of where things up things end up ending up, like, totally these are not necessarily like this is us trying to combine both of our like ranked in a mm-hmm, way that's a little mm-hmm. less subjective than i would say our ranks usually are yes I agree. um so like i feel like that's a nice thing to remind everyone of is like this is us like talking about our favorite ghiblis but it's also us trying to like look at the bigger picture a little bit more than normal i would argue um so if you like are like what the hell about this list, <laughs> just like look up our actual ranks on our yes. letterbox profiles because like our we have ranked lists on both of our profiles. So exactly, and I think that's a really good point to make that I forgot to mention is that typically we will say our, our each of our top fives or something mm-hmm. in an episode, but there's so many good ones. Well, one there's so many good ones that we would be missing out on a conversation on, mm-hmm. and two, I feel like. Clara and I would have three, maybe maybe four <laughs> identical choices. Yeah. And that would not make for a super interesting conversation if I'm like, number five is Kiki's Delivery Service. And Clara's like, me too. And yep. I'm like, number four is Howl's Movie Castle. And Clara's like, me too. Like, that's not a very fun episode. So No, yeah. The one downside of us being such good friends. <laughs> I know, is that we have very similar tastes. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, without further ado... We're picking up where we left off. We yes. we finished and talked about the cat returns as the last episode, or the last uh, movie in the lot in the previous episode, and we're starting this episode off with a, a banger, mm-hmm. and that's 2004's Howl's Moving Castle, directed by Hayao Miyazaki. Uh, how do you explain this one? I want to give you a chance. Do you know how Ooh, to explain it? Okay, um, uh, a girl who is very, um concerned about everything except for her herself in a way like she's very insecure and kind of like a i want to take care of like my sister and my family and we have a hat shop and that kind of thing like she's very like unself-involved i guess would Mm -hmm. be the right way but she's also very like she it's because she thinks she's like ugly and like so there's a lot of like insecurity um she ends up being cursed by a witch um and this curse turns her into an old woman and she's not allowed to tell people that she's cursed like she kind of has to just like run away because it's not like she can explain to people that she's sophie she's the girl that they all know like everyone would just think she's some old lady Mm -hmm. um and she ends up getting a job as a housekeeper for a infamous wizard by the name of Howl, who everyone considers this, like, evil entity who, like, eats hearts and, like, that kind of thing. Um, and they kind of slowly fall in love, um, and it's kind of about her finding herself and, like, her own confidence while helping Howl, like, come to terms with who he is as a person, and then this is all, like, set behind 
like a massive war happening between countries. So this is another anti-war Ghibli oh. film. Um, <laughs> what surprise, a surprise. surprise! 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 Um, and I feel like that's kind of the gist. It is yeah. harder to explain. Like it's much more. You have to just witness it to get it. That's a really good way to put it. It is one of the more. I mean, a lot of Ghibli movies are hard to explain because there's so much fantastical stuff going on yeah creatures and weird worlds this one is definitely on the more strange side but in a good way and it's Mm -hmm. the one that's really fun to experience i think the only thing i'd add to your perfect summation of the movie is that howl lives in a moving castle which oh my god yeah that's like the whole point pretty pretty dope not gonna lie it it like (laughs) it's actually like moves it has legs and moves around and it's magical you can like go through doors and end up in other worlds or other parts of the world it's pretty uh amazing it's yes. a really cool castle i it, you know for those listening i think and i told claire this i, I want a studio ghibli tattoo at some point in my life um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of many of the movies yeah but i've always wanted a house moving castle one and it's either going to be of the castle which is a lot more intricate mm-hmm. a lot more time consuming but i don't mind uh or big fan of calcifer in this movie mm. the little little flame fire dude uh, i think voiced by billy crystal in the english yes dub. it and, is billy uh, crystal there is a this stuff, i'm going off of so many tangents right now no i love it studio ghibli i feel like is really known for a lot of different things it's coming of age stories it's beautiful animation mm-hmm. it's so many things but one thing i think it's also known for that maybe not as many p- people talk about is their portrayal of cooking and food. Oh my god! And their preparation of food. Yeah. And all a lot of Studio Ghibli movies have great depictions of food and, and the making of food. But Howl's mm-hmm. Movie Castle is my personal favorite. Mm. Uh, the scene where they make like eggs and like bacon. Oh my god! And oh my god! It's like the most soul satisfying thing to watch for me. Maybe because yeah. I'm a big eggs and bacon person. I love. That was such an easy classic meal that I always eat as well. Um, but the preparation of it in this movie, it just makes me so... It's like ASMR for me. It's, it's like it's yeah. so satisfying to watch. Long story short, uh, <laughs> connecting this back, I would also get a tattoo of the food on my body. Oh my God, yum. Love so, that idea. That's a great idea. I've said a lot about random stuff. Um, that was good. Do you want to respond to any of the, any of the um, food or tattoo stuff? Of course, I want to talk about tattoos. Um, <laughs> I, for anyone listening, because you can't see my body, I have like I think I'm up to fifty tattoos now. God, that's insane! Um, I'm so jealous of you. It's a lot of smaller ones. I cheated mm-hmm. a little bit because I did. I gave myself like stick and pokes in college, um, mm-hmm. so I cheated. But well, no, stick and pokes are real tattoos as well. They're real tattoos. Um, they yeah, are real tattoos. Um, but I have one ghibli tattoo so far i have a i have the two soot sprites above my ankle oh, it's a good one and i like that one a lot but the one i want to get next i think in terms of like ghibli tattoos is i really want to get um in spirited away there's that little black slug wrapped around the seal that haku like spits out oh, you know yeah, and yeah, yeah, sen yeah. smashes it and then it's like oh my god like your curse like quick do like this little ritual thing i really want to get that slug <laughs> on my the bottom of my foot which I know is technically like bad luck, but I think stuff like that is like cool. cool. Yeah, and it's cool. It would. Hurt. It, I'm. I'm also just curious. I. I have a really high pain tolerance for tattoos. Um, like the only one that's really bothered me is I have 
my entire like ribs on one side done and that one hurt really fucking bad that sounds terrible um but so i'm always really curious about trying other like known like yeah pain locations and i feel like bottom of the foot would be particularly like that's notoriously supposed to be really painful yeah so i'm really curious about that because besides my ribs like none of my other spots have really bothered me so i'm like would the foot bother me so that's me kind of easing myself into like self-torture in a way i guess (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) it's fine it's fine plus you're a bug person and i know i love like technically bugs but but snails are my favorite animal and snails and slugs are very similar i have a snail tattoo so if i had a slug too that would be cool okay okay have you ever seen um this is so, so i'm going so off base right now uh have you ever seen the original dr doolittle like we're talking like the oh 40s 50s one no i haven't I, i've only seen it because i watched it as a kid like i'm pretty sure my parents put it on thinking it was eddie murphy one and oh it no wasn't. <laughs> uh, but they're like in that there's a giant snail that dr doolittle like rides <gasps> in it's like huge <laughs> like huge like we're talking like skyscraper big he like rides inside of its shell Oh my god, <laughs> I'm freaking out. I... Yeah, I I need to YouTube it. It, it. It's cool in my mind, but I'm sure if I would have watched it right now, it would look really dumb. No, but... it I'm it is cool because it's a giant snail. It's a giant snail. I Objectively know. cool. <laughs> or have you seen like uh, Neverending Story? No, I need to or, watch that one, one too. Oh, yeah. There's the, one of the creatures rides a snail, like <gasps> it's like his horse, and it's like super. Oh my fast. god, I need like a letterbox list of, of all snails. Sna- yeah, movies with <laughs> snails in them, so that I can see them all properly. Because like I want to watch them all. Yeah, there's there's, a, there's some really good movie snails out there. We'll have to look them up. Oh my god! Oh my god! Okay. 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 We we ta- a lot of uh, tangents right now. I'm sorry, everybody. We're just starting the day and the podcast, so we're like on a good one right now. Yeah, we're just um, chit chatting away question of the hour right <laughs> hall of fame worthy Hall's oh Castle? yeah oh yeah, yeah. no okay. question no question. I, I had a feeling like that's why i think i was in a tangent so much because it's like not even a, a like a a matter of debate right like, yes yeah. this is obviously in, in the top 10 mm-hmm. um it is a really just weird and i've always you told me this one time and it has stuck in my brain ever since like Ooh. it's such a uh, like a weird reverse coming of age story because mm, she's yep. already physically old but in obviously spiritually mentally she's not but mm-hmm, has to mm-hmm. learn to to kind of grow up um so it's like a weird reverse coming of age story which i always loved about it very yeah. very unique to this movie where did um, i say that that's really smart of me you said it <laughs> somewhere i don't know if, i where? think it was on a podcast or maybe oh oh, oh our coming of age podcast yeah <laughs> Yeah, you you brought this movie. I'm pretty sure you chose this movie. Yes, I did. I did. Okay, yes, that's what it is. I say. Okay, yeah. So yeah, check out our old episode uh, about (laughs) turning red and our five favorite coming of age. Yes, yeah, yeah. But yes, chose this one. Yeah, Um, I did. So I I love this movie for all those reasons. Plus, I love all the characters. I'm Mm -hmm. always a big fan of Ghibli movies that introduce a lot of fun side characters. That's why I like really like Spirit Away Mm -hmm. as well. There's just so much world building and and i love that about it and uh um, yeah really a big fan of house and castle's world so uh, yeah easy hall of fame entry like there's no question about it yeah um i also feel like it would be bad if we didn't at least say christian bale voicing howl <laughs> in the english dub is like top tier <laughs> dubbing by ghibli in my opinion yeah i think a lot of people i will I'm just basing off my own experience i was shocked to find out it was christian bale yeah it me too 
it works. Like, it's I, I'm so not sure good. How There's like a gravel that, to it. I don't think I. Ooh, let's look. I'm gonna look. Sorry, everybody. Hang on. <laughs> yeah, I, it's important because I don't. I honestly can't think of another time Christian Bale's ever voice in, in an animated movie. I know. Like, well, I feel like the upside is his voice is distinct, but it's it's in a way that really. It doesn't like stand out in a way I would say like a Billy Crystal does. Mm. Like it's distinct, but in a way that's much more subtle. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay, fair. so we're gonna filter his filmography by animation. He was in um Pocahontas. Oh yeah, that's right. He's he's uh, the little assistant friend to Mel Gibson's Mel Gibson's John Smith. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all the, he's they're all the villains. All the white people are the villains. Yeah. In so so Christian Bale. Villain. Well, I guess that makes sense. He plays the guy in American Psycho. He's just yeah. he has some villains under his belt. Yeah, he has the villains <laughs> under his belt. Okay, it's fine. That's it's right. Fine. I forgot he was he's in that. But that's a long time ago. I mean, I guess it's around the same time. I mean. How's this 2004? Pocahontas is what, like 98, 97? Um, 95. 95. <gasps> oh, God, Disney, chill out. I know, I know. Jesus. Well, he hasn't done anything, I feel like, since then, though. There's just, there's just no way he's been in, like, no random, right? No. No other uh, animation titles. Yeah. So, yeah, for a guy who doesn't do a lot of animated films, it was really, at first, not, I wouldn't say off-putting, because it works. It works. Ultimately, it works is what I'm trying to get to, mm-hmm. trying to say. I liked it a lot. So, okay. It's so good. Oh, love Howl's. Well, we're making a quick, I guess, pivoting to a, a very different movie. <laughs> oh, no. And it's 2006 Tales from Earthsea. This one directed by Goro Miyazaki, mm-hmm. Hayao Miyazaki's son. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the first Goro Miyazaki movie mm-hmm. in the Studio Ghibli filmography. We'll see more of Goro later. Maybe, yeah. unfortunately. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> and, oh, boy, this movie. This I, is... I, um... I don't even know how to, like, explain this movie because there's... there's. I know we say there's a lot going on in some of these movies, but this one, there's a lot going on, I feel like. Yeah. Do you want me to try and crack at it? Oh, if you could, I would be so impressed. Okay. Um, <laughs> This is going to be really bad. But also, I want to start by saying this is also the film, notoriously, that at its premiere, Miyazaki walked out. Um, during the premiere which i feel like everyone kind of like talks about but like because it is kind of low-key shitty of him to do that to his son (laughs) like what the fuck but if you watch any of the documentaries that are out there about miyazaki there's a couple on hbo actually with all the ghibli stuff um yeah 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 you learn very quickly that miyazaki is like one of the most cynical like dark spirited people i've ever like listened to speak so (laughs) have you ever seen that meme yes meme out there of like i don't i have of like hayao miyazaki and like Hayao Miyazaki on film is like the mm-hmm. like cute Totoro and like Ponyo, and then he, in like real life he's like really mean. But then you yeah. get someone like uh, Junji Ito. I don't know yes. if you've read any Junji Ito. I and, haven't, but I've seen some of his uh, movies, like the movies based off his work. Oh, cool! Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Junji Ito, who makes like the most gruesome, yeah. dark <laughs> stories, like just gnarly stuff but in yeah. real life he's like a sweetheart he's like <laughs> yeah the person in the world uh, that's totally true it's not even like a joke it's legit like it's so yeah. funny i think people um, would be a little surprised by how like cynical hayao Miyazaki is i would say i'm also pretty cynical actually 
mm-hmm. which I feel like is also a surprise to a lot of people. Um, but I personally think people who are the most cynical offer some of the most, like, thoughtful takes on humanity. Like, Miyazaki's work is so intrinsically, like, about the people. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is because he's cynical. And so he he does... Like, when, when you're cynical and you see, like, the good in a person, like, you really see the good because you see so much bad around you. And I feel like his works kind of embody that really beautifully of, like... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so in defense... Okay, we have to start... To- we have to stop talking about Miyazaki when we're talking about his son. I feel bad. <laughs> I feel bad. I guess we'll give Goro his, his, his time in the sun. We gotta yank him out of the shadows for a second. I know. Just for a second. <laughs> Just for a second. <laughs> so how do you explain Tales of um, Mercy? So this is based off a book series, which... You and I have talked about a lot as well. We haven't started it yet, but we really want to. It's written by Ursula uh, K. Le Guin. And it's about this prince named Aaron. Um, and he he's like one of those like complex character type dudes who are like, oh, they're kind of nice. But then it's like, oh, he might also be bad. Mm. Um <laughs> And then he um, kind of gets sent on a quest type of thing. Uh, so he like kills his dad. Yeah. And like in like the ten mi- like opening five minutes, he yeah. kills his dad. <laughs> yeah. He and goes then, in. like he. I don't know if he goes on a quest. He just like kind of like bounces and then gets lost. And then yeah, meets a wizard who's like, "Hey, Prince Aaron, we need to." help you figure things out or something and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i I'm, I'm really not sure how to, to go from there how about this let me read the letterbox yeah summary. maybe maybe do that <laughs> here's this here we go <laughs> something bizarre has come over the land the kingdom is deteriorating people are beginning to act strange what's even more strange is that people are beginning to see dragons which which is like doesn't really happen um, yeah like it happens it's like game of thrones where they're yeah. like dragons are coming and it's like no they're not not for yeah. a long time <laughs> um what's uh due to all these bizarre events ged a wandering wizard is investigating the cause during his journey he meets prince Aaron, a distraught young teenage boy while Aaron may look like a shy young teen he has a severe dark side which grants him strength hatred ruthlessness and has no mercy especially when it comes to protecting Teru. And that's a whole can of worms. Teru. <laughs> um, for, the, for the witch Kumo, this is perfectly the perfect opportunity. She can use the boy's fear against uh, the very one who would help him. That, like this doesn't even sound right to me, though. See, like, that's what I'm, th- and this is this. I think okay, this is perfect though, because I think this speaks to the greater issue of the film, which is yeah. that it's a lot and it's so convoluted that it's really hard to get a good description of it out it there. It is. It really yeah. is. There's so much going on in this movie, and this, and ultimately, what Claire and I are getting at is that this is not in the <laughs> Hall of Fame. No. Far from the Hall of Fame. No. There is just so much going on in terms of its story and its characters. It really has no sense of direction. Uh, it's so easy to get lost while watching this. I got lost mm-hmm. just reading the plot summary. Yes. And then the yeah. characters themselves, despite the fact that we spend so much time with them for almost two hours, I feel like at no point are they interesting or do they develop in, a, in an interesting way. Mm-hmm. They're all very just 
bland. The only thing I really liked about this was this is like a really not this is like a lame thing to like, but the English dub Willem Dafoe is a bad guy. And love that, love that. It's really, really good. It works really well. Willem Dafoe as a bad guy, like any time, is really good, and this is no exception in this movie. But other than that, like, oof, just, just not a fan. It's so hard to get into. No, and it's so uninteresting. I'm sorry. Yeah. You want to know who else wasn't a fan? Who? Ursula K. Le Guin. <laughs> and, <laughs> Hayao <said>. <laughs> and Hayao Miyazaki. And Hayao Miyazaki. And you. But yeah, and me. And you. <laughs> yeah. Ursula was not. It, well, and I haven't looked into this more, so you probably know more than I do. But from what I understand, it's inspired by several books of Ursula K. Le Guin. Like, it's not an ad- adaptation from one. It's, like, mm-hmm. multiple. And I think that is, that speaks to the issue, too, of, like, there's a lot. There's just so, like we said, there's just so much going on, and yet none of it seems to really stick in a way mm-hmm. that would be helpful. And I think it is because, yeah, they they took an entire franchise, which is, like, pretty big. I think it's, like, four or five books. Like, it's yeah. kind of a lot. Um, and tries to condense it down into two hours, which, like, notoriously is just, like, not doable and i it's an interesting choice and i wonder if it is because like we talked about in the last episode ghibli doesn't do like sequels like ever except for the cat returns and so Mm -hmm. i wonder if it was one of those things where like they got the rights to making an adaptation but like they're not able to do it in a way that would have made this more substantial because i do think in a lot of ways if this wasn't like all this stuff pushed into one it would be better like if we actually got like one movie for each book i think this could have been really cool but that's just so not ghibli's thing like they don't do franchise stuff really because they are their own franchise in a way yeah yeah and that's really well said especially because it's coming from an author who's obviously renowned acclaimed people love mm-hmm. ursula k Le Guin's stuff yeah so there's probably no doubt that the all, all these stories in the original books are great but mm-hmm. if you try to condense you know several books in one I don't know. I can't think of a situation where that's ever worked in the history of movies because yeah. it just doesn't. There's just way too much to like go through. And this is what happens. You get a really convoluted story that just is confusing and makes no sense. And the characters suck because you don't have the time to develop them. Yeah. So, uh-huh. yeah. Sorry, Goro. Sorry, sorry, Goro. We'll get to you <laughs> soon. We'll, we'll talk, talk more about-, about you. This episode is basically all about Goro. <laughs> 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 the goro episode yeah we're in the goro arc right now perfect uh well let's a nice it's like a roller coaster ups and downs mm-hmm. uh 2008's ponyo miyazaki we're back Yay! to hayo hayo yep. had to, to come back and say i'm sorry about goro let's do some ponyo yep, two yep, years yep. later um okay here's my thing about ponyo yeah uh, not in my hall of fame okay but this is the biggest but uh, i love it mm-hmm. and i think i unfairly I didn't give it a bad score when I first watched it, but like I gave it a three and a half out of five, which is, you know, seven out of 10. It's not bad. Yeah. Uh, and people like freaked out like that's <laughs> way too low for Ponyo. Ponyo oh is God. so good. Like, Ponyo is good. I like Ponyo. I rewatched it since because it's after I watched it, it I was singing the Ponyo song for yeah. days. It's so I mean, cute. Oh, it's so good. It's so, so catchy. And I've, I've kind of like, grown to really love ponyo since then mm-hmm. um i i still don't think it's in the top 10 but i still really like it it is a really enjoyable charming story that i think you can 
uh, view and a lens of like an environmentalist lens again, which is mm-hmm. also very common in Ghibli. But the Ponyo character is like on levels of Paddington wholesome. She's just so adorable and I would die for her. So I like Ponyo a lot. Also great cooking scene, this one, where they yes. make the ramen. Oh, the ramen. It's a really iconic scene. Oh my God. Really good one. Uh, your thoughts on Ponyo? Um, I love Ponyo. I I really, really enjoy Ponyo. I think there's something so exciting about seeing Ghibli work in a world that's like almost exclusively underwater, yeah. which we Ooh. never really get from Ghibli ever. Like they're much more like land and air people. Yeah, they're uh, the sky a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um so it was i think ponyo's so fun because it is very like it's very in tune with ghibli and like you watch and you're like yeah this is a miyazaki movie like from start to end but it also feels very unique because of its setting which i think is so fun because like it would be really easy to like if you're being like grumpy and annoying you could be like ghibli does the same thing over and over again and i feel like ponyo is different it's a very different vibe but i also think in part that is because this is like miyazaki's like film for kids like yes very intentional like this is for child audiences kind of thing which is also interesting in itself that he i mean this is one of his last works we have released at least so far and it's interesting that he's ending his career partially because we have one more but i mean i isn't it wasn't it that when this came out it was like this was his first retirement like yes yeah yeah yeah. Miyazaki is notorious for like i'm retiring and then coming back to do one more yeah he's done that a couple times this Uh, was the first time i believe yeah so i think that's really interesting too that in a way he was planning on this being like the bookend of his career and it's a kids movie which i think is really interesting but I really enjoy this film. I think it's, I just, I, I especially really like the animation in this one. I think it's so, so cool, I, like, so seeing, like, the fluidity of the water and just, like, the way they kind of make the characters move within that. Like, I think that's all so interesting. I love it. I love it. But. Oh, uh, I was going to ask you, but is it in the top 10? So on my personal list it is but i'm actually this is one that i'm actually okay with not having in the hall of i'm okay with that so i am too and i I think this is like one of the very we'll get a couple of these but this is an important case of we love ponyo yes but not in the top 10 yeah i'm okay with that it's in my personal 10 so i don't care where's that in your personal 10 i'm curious um near the bottom i have it at eight okay i was gonna say yeah so it's pretty but like honestly I I don't know if it would stay there. I don't know if I feel like a lot of that is nostalgia and okay. the fact that I haven't watched Whisper of the Heart and Porco Rosso more. Mm. I think if I watched those more, I think Ponyo would get bumped out for sure. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Uh 2010's The Secret World of Arietti, not Secret yes. Life, right? No, no, not Secret. We, we made this joke already. Not we Secret did. Life Arietti. Okay. <laughs> Or just called Arietti in Japan, yeah, from what yeah. I understand. Yeah. Uh, this is basically a Studio Ghibli remake of the famous story of the borrowers, which mm-hmm. is about these little people who uh, live in like the walls of our homes and they borrow stuff. But yeah. in reality, they just steal it, let's just be honest. And then th- this is just that, but it's a yeah. Ghibli version, which this is... Uh, not in my Hall of Fame, or not okay. in the Hall of Fame, but okay. you know what? This is vibes. I really still enjoy it. I think it's a 
a really like just fun good time kind mm-hmm. of studio ghibli movie i have really nothing bad against it i just just think it's uh it's it's good <laughs> oh what happened <laughs> uh i just feel the total opposite i love this film so much oh really holy i didn't <laughs> yeah. know that which i'm laughing because we had talked about this and that's why or that secret life joke came up was i had told you before i had never seen this except for, i saw it in theaters yeah and then i never ever saw it ever again um and so i rewatched it um this was the last like ghibli film that i was like i have to watch this because like i had seen everything else finally but i was like i haven't seen this in like over a decade like i have no idea what's going on in this yeah. and i rewatched it and i loved it so wow so really much. i loved it so much i mean it's good i don't think it's bad it's not bad it's i don't know what it was i i feel like part of it is like of any ghibli movie this is the most asmr of them all mm, and i ASMR-y. really appreciated that and like I don't know. I think it's such a fun little concept and it's very straightforward, which I kind of like. And I don't know. I don't know what it was, but I was just watching this and I was like, I love this movie so much. Yeah. I, I uh, It's just so good. So I love this movie, but I'm okay if we don't put it in the Hall of Fame. I'm okay with that. It's fine. I will. Okay. I just need everyone to know that I would literally die for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Not in the top 10. Clara has made that concession, but Clara will die for Arietti. Yes, 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 yes. Noted. Duly noted. Okay, okay cool. <laughs> oh, man. 2011's from Up on Poppy Hill. The <sighs> return of Goro Miyazaki. Yeah. Oh, this was one of the last movies you had to watch. Yes. To complete your Ghibli run. Yes. Is this is this the last one you had to watch? No, so I watched this and... Well, or no. Yeah, it was. In terms yeah, of stuff I'd never seen. Yes. Never yes, seen. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Because you this watched Yamada's my last one. and then this. Yes, this was my last one. Okay. Let's just let's just get this out of the way. Okay. From Up on Poppy Hill, starts off pretty great. You know yeah. what? There's a lot of... This could have been really good, I think. Mm-hmm. And... There's there's obviously one part that you and I are going to talk about in a second that yeah. really tanks it. <laughs> but for those who haven't seen it, it's it's a love story. Mm-hmm. A young girl meets young boy. Um, they kind of like almost instantly kind of fall in love. And they work together to save this building from being demolished. Is essentially the, the backbone of the story, I guess you could say? Yeah, um, absolutely. I think the core of the story is very much like a discussion of the importance of moving forward while still like appreciating. Honoring yeah, honoring the, that's the right word, honoring the past and finding a way to keep the memory of like those who are gone like with us still. Yeah, that's a yeah. much ele- more eloquent way to put it um, <laughs> than mine. But okay. that, that's the, the spine of the movie. Yeah. Which, on that surface, great movie. I think yeah. that if that's what it would have stuck with, I think that's, that's it's, it's a pretty good movie. I think you've even told me, I would have loved this movie except for this happened. Do we say it? Is it a spoiler? Um, It is a spoiler, let's be honest. It's like a pretty big, it, like when it happened, my eyes like widened and i was like so close to texting you and i was like oh wait 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 wait! you haven't seen it i can't tell you you know and then it was so funny because then when i started watching it to begin with i was like i'm literally crying over the way these two are looking at each other like they're holding hands and i'm crying and oh then you were God. like you were like text me in 40 minutes <laughs> <laughs> okay how about this um if you haven't seen it you don't want to know what happened skip 
five minutes ahead. Yeah, because um, I uh, this is hard because it, I like this issue is the reason why this isn't rated higher for both of us. I think exactly. So, so like I feel like we have it. to talk about it. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, if you haven't seen it, and you want to know what happens. Watch it and then come back, yeah. or skip five minutes for now. Yeah, yeah. Um. So in the movie, what happens is that the boy loves girl. After you know being really cutesy and 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 you know like oh my god they're so cute together. Mm-hmm. It's revealed that they are related. Mm-hmm. There are siblings, yeah. and that's like a separated huge, at birth siblings. Separated at birth siblings, huge one eighty. Like, whoa, what just happened? Like, yeah, I remember just thinking like, I thought it was a joke at first, but it wasn't. <laughs> like, they're like, oh, they might be related. I'm like, I don't. Why? Why did I? Why was I rooting for them this whole time? I know you that's feel awful. icky. <laughs> I felt icky, and then there's a moment that really sent me over. Is like when she's like. I don't really care that we're related. I yeah. still love you. I they like, like try not to be together and then they're like, let's just do it. Yeah. And it's, and it's like, <laughs> so hang on. <laughs> I'm like, that's like, there are things like I can get over like, oh, mm-hmm. you love dinosaurs and I hate them. I can get like, you know, like there are things you can look past in life. Like, oh, you love pickles and I hate pickles, but I still love you anyways. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are things you can look past. I can't look past like, oh, we're blood related. I still love you. Like, that's a really r- big reach. Yeah. And then at the end, it's revealed, oh, just kidding. They're not related. Yeah, which is just super confusing that they do a bait and switch twice. Twice. They, they... <laughs> What's the purpose of this? Like, that's... I don't know. Ultimately, like, what is the purpose of, of making them siblings and making us feel that way? I don't understand. And I think you put it very well... When we were talking about it off the podcast, you're mm-hmm. like, why? I mean, it's clearly to create this, like, tension. Mm-hmm. Um, but why? Why like that? Like, you could do so many different things to create yeah, tension. Exactly. Then make the two characters who are in love related. Yeah. I I still, it still baffles me. Like, it's such a an odd choice. And it's really frustrating because I said this in my letterbox review. But, like, if that wasn't, like, such a, like, it kind of becomes, like, a really big part of the plot. If that wasn't a part of the plot, this would be an easy five out of five for me. And it's just not because that's, it, like, taints the story in a way. Yeah. It, <laughs> like, it took me out. Have you ever watched, you ever watched Gossip Girl? Yeah, I love Gossip Girl. <laughs> Remember when Dan and Serena were revealed to be like half siblings? Oh my god! Or wait, aren't they? I th- isn't it that they're step siblings, or are they actually half half siblings? I think they're half. Like Dan's <gasps> dad and Serena's mom had one point hooked up. Oh, right. And I think. Oh my Serena's, god! I think I'm pretty sure Serena's dad is Dan's dad. I could be wrong. I can't. Oh my remember. god! Oh my god! Because I know for I know for sure Serena's mom and Dan's dad date for a while, and I feel like maybe they get married. Let me let me look, I'm just googling it. Okay, okay. Uh, they share a sibling. Okay. Scott is Rufus and Lily's love child. Is Dan Serena's brother? People ask on Google. <laughs> um, yeah, this is urgent. Let's see, Dan's his wife. They have, they, I guess they share a half brother. Oh my god! It's just weird. It's so it's weird. When, I remember it's in weird. Gossip Girl when they revealed that, I was like, "This is weird." Like, I don't know, yes. like, if I can like get past this, and like, it's just weird. It reminded me <laughs> such a weird connection, but it reminded me a lot of Gossip Girl for a second. I was like, "This is like when I was watching Gossip yeah. Girl, and oh I thought Serena oh and Dan were related." <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> oh my 
my god. No, it really, and I think I said this when we were talking about it over text, too. It it just feels so, like, porno-y. Like, it's yeah. such a weird, like, like... Decision, like, why? Yeah, it's very why? weird. And then I was looking at letterbox reviews of my mutuals, and my friend Jason wrote in his review, and I didn't realize this until now, and I don't know if you know this either. Do you want to know who has a writing credit on this movie? Oh, no, who? Miyazaki. The dad. Hayao? Hayao Miyazaki has a writing credit on this movie. And so my friend Jason made a joke and was just like, Hayao is doing Goro dirty at every turn possible in his career because he gives a writing credit on this movie. So like it definitely got like approved to do that. And then then Miyazaki turned around and released The Wind Rises, which is because there's no incest and for a few other reasons is a more competent love story. (laughs) Much more competent. And those, I think, yeah, those came out, like, back-to-back in the Ghibli filmography. So yep, it's yep. just, like, that's such a weird coincidence, I such guess. Such a weird coincidence. So long story short, Claire and I have mutually decided From Up on Poppy Hill is not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and it makes me so sad. Yeah, I, I cried real tears over this movie, and it I makes know. me oh so God. mad. It makes I me was... so mad dying at home <laughs> when you text me oh my god they're so cute when they first met i started crying and i was like yeah. oh my god you're gonna feel so so bad in like 40 minutes <laughs> oh you have no idea i wanted like to see your face drop oh when god. you find out really i right was <laughs> just so horrified it was crazy oh my god oh, what, a, oh. what a movie okay. yeah what a movie okay let's well, move on i guess you uh you kind of teased it earlier but yeah after another Goro, Hayo comes in back in the story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, is, this is a trend. <laughs> Goro makes a movie and Hayo's like, I'm back in retirement, guys, yeah. to save Ghibli. Yeah. <laughs> and he puts out The Wind Rises. Yeah. Um, now, The Wind Rises, I think, is the most grounded of all the Ghiblis in mm. the sense that it's very, it lacks any really big fantasy elements. There's a couple dream sequences in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, not really no big creatures no you know fantasy lands it's about a uh engineer essentially mm-hmm. a plane engineer who's obsessed with planes loves planes wants to build planes when he gets older he ends up growing up during the early days of world war Two. so you can probably put the connection there with japan planes uh at the same time he falls in love with somebody that he had saved years ago and there's that romance subplot to it. I I loved The Wind Rises. I absolutely loved it. Now, it took me a second to get into it. I was not expecting it to be so rooted in reality and kind mm-hmm. of dark. But once it got going, I, I really, really fell in love with it. But I know you weren't as big as a fan as I am. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts on, on The Wind Rises. No, yeah, I... I don't know what it was. This is a beautiful movie. I feel like in a lot of ways, this is a culmination of Miyazaki's work, which makes sense since it was his second retirement, like finale type thing. Yeah. So it makes sense that he kind of came back and did like a total 180 from Ponyo, where this is a very adult movie. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. This is like Grave of the Fireflies adult, not as yeah tragic in the sense that, I mean, it, it's tragic because you know the consequences of his actions, mm-hmm. but there's no like on-screen tragedy. Like, mm-hmm. oh, there is a little bit, but it's not like it's not to the level or degree that is Grave of the Fireflies. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, 
yeah that's a good way to put it and it is so romantic which i really like i i I love a good ghibli romance there's just something about those type of romances they put in these movies that is just so like i don't know what it is because like very good i i feel like a lot of the time i don't get too like i root for couples or whatever but i feel like i don't always get so swept up in like the romance of things Mm-hmm. and i always do in ghibli and i do in the wind rises as well i don't know i think i just i, I miss the fantasy elements i guess that's fair and i feel like that affected things which like this is also one i think i just really need to rewatch. i that's think fair. when i watched it the first time is when i was doing my big binge. uh binge last year and I've, and I don't remember the order I was watching stuff in at that point when I watched The Wind Rises, but I'm pretty sure it was like sandwiched between some of the other big like fantasy set ones that I hadn't seen. Mm-hmm. So it just felt especially jarring to like go from a lot of fantasy to this, which is so grounded and quiet in a lot of ways. Yeah, um, yeah it is. It is yeah, definitely a little slower too. If you like, if you're expecting to be blown away with any like big sequences, it's very mm-hmm. kind of just rooted i keep saying rooted in reality grounded but it is like just an engineer making Mm -hmm. planes and then watching those planes you know fly and then kind of the first half of the movie is all about that until he meets the meets a girl but the romance this is one of my favorite romances besides Mm -hmm. i mean there's a lot of good ones but this is one of my personal favorites It's, it's such a romantic uh watching them fall in love and then the ending always shatters me so Hmm. question to you though yeah it's in in the hall of fame for me but for you would it be for me it wouldn't be but i'm okay i'm super okay with having it there i'm okay with that in the the maybe for now okay and we'll we'll table it and come back to it okay okay because there's i think there's only one more here that's going to be strong maybe and then the rest the other two are not so yeah that was that's the other thing where i'm like i'm okay with it being there because otherwise i don't know if we'll have a top 10 i think we will well okay we'll we'll, we'll get there we'll get okay, there. okay i'm okay. not worried i'm not worried. okay 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 um the next one is the tale of the princess kaguya yeah which is directed by takahata takahata mm-hmm. for those who don't remember this is the first takahata directed movie since my neighbor's the yamadas mm-hmm. which we both really liked and then he also did pompoko mm-hmm. which is interesting yeah um, that he did <laughs> only yesterday which we really liked mm-hmm. and uh grave of the fireflies which we just talked about the more tragic the probably the most tragic one mm-hmm. um i blown away like yeah i know i've said like several times but holy shit the tale of princess kaguya is amazing and i know we've talked a lot about animation and all of these have been animated quite beautifully mm-hmm. but princess kaguya is told in like a watercolor style of animation mm-hmm. and it is actually stunning like it might be the most stunning stunningly animated movie i've ever seen in my entire life i think it yeah. is the just it is beautiful like i just love looking at it it's such a unique art style and it's done magnificently uh, there are certain scenes in this movie where like someone's running or being chased and like just the way the forest moves and the buildings move and the doors open is awe-inspiring to watch. I yeah. cannot gush more about the animation <laughs> of this movie. But plot-wise, also very good. Very mm-hmm. it's based off a legend or like a tale or myth mm-hmm. about a princess who is found inside of bamboo. Yeah. Yeah. That's correct. That is correct. A bamboo cutter opens bamboo and there's a 
princess there and she's a baby and they take they take her and she grows up super fast and uh, obviously because she's not she's a fan like a mythical creature almost like a mythical person and she's in the countryside loving her life on the countryside hanging out with all her countryside friends they're like just you know really enjoying the everyday things about life and then the bamboo cutter finds some like gold or something in the bamboo some type of rich things to make you rich mm-hmm. and he's like you know wife we should really take well they call her bamboo girl for yeah. the longest time they don't call her kaguya or yeah i think they call her like little bamboo little bamboo or something little like that. bamboo yeah. yeah yeah and so they're like we should take you to the city in tokyo and you know make you a princess you deserve that and so they take her there and with all the money they like make her a princess and it's a it's a very very classic tale of she doesn't want to be a princess she wants to live her life you know be an independent woman doesn't want to get suited and courted by a man and she wants to go live her life in the countryside where she was happy mm-hmm. and the movie kind of takes a weird twist that, that that works i just wasn't expecting her to be like a visitor from the moon mm-hmm. which spoiler alert sorry for everyone there for you it's, it's not that it's, it's a twist but it's like yeah, you find out that she's a visitor from the moon, mm-hmm. and she was sent there because she wanted to live on Earth, and they wiped her memory, and then she asked for help, and so they restored her memory, and now because she wants to leave Earth, because she was so unhappy being in the city as this Princess Kaguya, there she has to go back to the moon, mm-hmm. and she regrets it because she wants to stay on Earth and live her life in the countryside with you know love of her life, but cannot... And uh, I'll tell you this: when I was watching this, like, oh, don't worry, the moon people are just gonna be like, yeah, sure, stay in the countryside with your with your love of your life. Uh, no, they're like, no, no you, you said you want to come back. We're taking you back, mm-hmm. and they they take her back. She goes back to the moon, and her family's super sad, and everybody's sad, and it, I was sad. I was like, what? Why mm-hmm. can't you just just let her stay? It was sad. <laughs> I was I was heartbroken. Yeah. But, that's my long discussion of what the movie's about and how I feel. What are, what that are your thoughts? That was beautiful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I enjoyed listening to that. I don't know you, about everyone you. else. I had a good time. Um, of course. Um, I love this movie. I, I mean, you already pointed out the animation is just like stunning. And in a lot of ways, it is very similar to the Yamada's. Which I think is so interesting that Takahata's work in Ghibli started in the same like art style as other Ghibli pieces. Like it's very yes, cohesive, yeah, yeah. and then in his like final two films, you see this like big shift away from that, and it becomes much more like it is simpler in a way. But in but it's done with so much innovation in Kagawe that it's like, oh, it, uh, it's just so cool to see. Like it's it gets you like really excited about animation. You're just like yeah. this is like so cool. Um, and I love the story. I feel like this is such a cool depiction of what it is in a lot of ways to be, like, a young girl who has no actual control over, like, their perception, like, from other people's point of views and, like, how that, like, perception, like, can negatively affect them. Like, this girl just, like, wants to run around and be wild and free and then she gets basically put in, like, a little box because she's Mm -hmm. beautiful she's so beautiful and like that becomes like the only thing people seem to really see about her and i think that's such a cool thing to examine the like the detriments of only viewing women through that lens of like their looks and like what they can do for like other people 
Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I don't know. I find that so thrilling to see in a film. And I honestly find it really thrilling that it ends so sadly. Like, you don't get that big cathartic, like, yeah, she, yeah. Like, she, she's finally, like, gotten what she, like, she's good. Like, we've, she's got it. Like, she's, she's free. And, like, in a way, she is free, but it doesn't feel that way at the same time. And I think that's really cool to see in a film. And, like, this, it's interesting seeing this, like, return as well to, like, strong female characters in a Ghibli film. Um, But in those, in every other case we see with, like, a female protagonist, like, she gets a great victory. Like, there's this huge, like, monumentous moment where you're just like, yeah! like this is dope um and you don't get that with this and i think that's so jarring but really like cathartic at the same time because like that is kind of the reality for a lot of women like they don't get that big joyous like i'm free because it never ends you know so it's like i think that's really interesting i love this movie i oh my god i could gush about this movie all day (laughs) so is it in the hall of fame for me, totally. Totally as well. Yeah. I think there's like okay, no okay, question okay. Cool, 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 in cool. my brain that this is a top 10 Jubilee movie. It Hell is. yeah. It is so uniquely different, but still like in this still very similar in spirit. Yeah. That it just, it's such a one of a kind in the whole mm-hmm. Jubilee filmography. There's nothing like it, yeah. honestly. So I really, really love this one. So, yeah. okay. Hall of Fame worthy. Put Yay. it in there. Two more to go. Some doozies <laughs> here. 2014's. Yeah. When Marnie was there, I'm going to let you take this one because uh, <laughs> this was one that I was shocked by. But your our discussion of it off the podcast, I think, was much more eloquent than mine. And I think it's oh man, you should take it, tackle it better than I can. <laughs> okay. So tell us, Clara, what's one? What's a when Marnie was there about? Um, it's about this young girl who is definitely having like a hard time. And so she gets sent to, like, kind of, like, this remote community um, in the countryside to, like, heal, essentially. Um, it's very, like, old school, like, oh, this girl is sick, send her to the to the sea and let her breathe the sea air. And <laughs> the sea will, will cure her, which I always think is such a fun little, like, trope that happens with women. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I would be okay being identified as a woman again if it meant people would just send me away to the ocean if i was being (laughs) sad (laughs) it's fair it's fair i would that's the one time i will be called a woman i think i'm okay with it in that situation you're getting sent to the countryside or the beach yeah if it means i'm cast away and i get to just read books on the beach remotely yeah yeah remote area and read and write i'm okay with that um but so she gets sent to the countryside and like upon getting there you know she kind of has the freedom to just like do her thing um and wander around and just kind of like be like her own little person and she encounters another girl who lives in this like huge house and they kind of become friends and then there's this like very i guess this is slightly a spoiler again but i feel like it's intrinsic it's to just, the story. it's so important to talk about <laughs> so, so if you want to so- watch when marty was there skip another five minutes but yeah. this is like super important yeah um there's this odd like romantic tension going on that you're kind of like hell yeah like this is the issue of this poor girl is that she's queer and she feels like bad about it and it's like oh my god she's found another girl and they're like being little girls like falling in love and it's like oh my god this is beautiful and i love it and then it's revealed that the girl is like the ghost of her grandmother Mm -hmm. um 
and then you vibes. yeah and then you feel very icky because you were rooting for these two young girls to like fall in love and be happy and have the most beautiful like ocean side romance kind of thing and it's just like nope nope you can't you can't do that because <laughs> these two are related in the most jarring of ways yeah, um i think yeah uh, I don't I, interrupt you, i'm sorry no that um, i was gonna just say i don't know so you take over <laughs> i think if that romantic tension wasn't there mm. this would be so much so much better because i like i like the reveal that mm-hmm. she's her long lost grandmother yes. because a lot of her issues is that she's adopted and she yes. has this no sense of identity. Yes. She doesn't know who she is. She doesn't know her family. Doesn't know, you know, she feels like, you know, these very classic feelings and sentiments that people can have when they lose their family and ha- don't have them or at least yeah. don't know their history of their family. So the reveal that she, this girl, this ghost girl that she's hanging out with is her grandmother or, you know, is a, I thought was a really interesting reveal. And really great the way they kind of did it. I know the grandmother had a daughter who they had bad relationships with. And then the daughter died. And so she she uh, took care of the, the youngest daughter. I'm getting mm-hmm. the names confused. What's her name? It's going to bother me. It's not. Uh-oh. She's not Marnie. Uh, Marnie's the ghost girl. Yes. Anna. 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 So Anna is hanging out with Marnie, who's her great grand her, her grandmother. And Marnie's daughter, which is Anna's mom, they had bad relationships. But mm-hmm. She died, and so Marnie washed over Anna. And then, you know, Marnie was a grandmother, so she older, so she died, mm-hmm. putting Anna in the adoption system. I, I really like that reveal. Like, hey, I'm meeting my grandmother. I'm I'm learning more about myself yeah. through my family. I was like, oh, I love that. But because there's so much romantic tension. It is, yeah, like you said, super jarring to find out they're related. Mm-hmm. And that was unfortunate, like a really big unfortunate thing. Um, because I really love the ending, too, to the movie. Mm-hmm. Like when she's driving away in the car and has like learned to love her adopt or her um, foster mother or yeah. guess, real mother. Like, And it's hard because like I don't, it's this complicated thing where I do still think Anna is very much like a queer character, which is exciting because we don't really get any of that in Ghibli. Like, this is our one Ghibli queer. Um, mm-hmm. But then it's hard because it's kind of like, okay, well, how do you justify that, I, like, that perception of her being queer when the one character she seemed to have some kind of, like, romantic intimacy with is her grandmother. So, like, yeah, it's not, yeah. it's not, it's inherently not queer anymore. Mm-hmm. Um so that's kind of tricky and offers like a really interesting dis- dissection of like what does that really mean in terms of like identifying as queer. Um, mm-hmm. I have a mutual on Letterboxd. Um, I'm going to pull up her whole thing. She just goes by Sarah on Letterboxd. Adore her work. She is like an actual like lesbian film like historian kind of person like she knows mm-hmm. so much about like lesbian like cinema um she has a couple lists that i highly recommend uh but she wrote a really short blurb for this film that i feel like sums it up really beautifully where she said we insert ourselves into other stories to quench our own desires and i think that's really cool where anna has a lot of characterization but it's also really easy to kind of insert different narratives on top of her Mm-hmm. And I like that a lot. So I am queer, so I say she's queer. Um, is, can you guess what I'm getting at? <laughs> um, 
but I, yeah, this is, again, like, this is, like, from up on Poppy Hill for me as well, where it's, like, there's parts of this that I, I just adore. Like, you said the ending is so beautiful and, like, the examination of, like, her coming to terms with, like, who she actually is from, like, a her past kind of way is so beautiful and handled mm-hmm. really well. It's just, it's just a such an odd jarring moment of, like... Yeah oh god i shipped a young girl with her grandmother like like (laughs) rough rough revelation like oh my god (laughs) yeah isn't the hall of fame clara um not for me no yeah not for me as well i've written it down into the no section that leaves us to the the last one oh my god the best for last or what (laughs) i guess (laughs) (laughs) um okay all jokes aside No, no jokes aside. This is the whole movie's a joke. That's why. Yeah. Um, the last movie is Earwig and the Witch, 2020 release date, mm-hmm. directed by Goro Miyazaki. Yes. Oh boy, easily the worst one. Like, there's like not, there's like no question mm, yeah, about no. it. There's like yeah. not even argument. Yeah. That this is the worst Studio Ghibli movie to have mm-hmm. been released. It is. It is really bad. Um, yeah. I really don't know what redeeming factors are, are to it, really, because... Um, I have one. Oh, what is it? Um, Miyazaki's out of retirement again. <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> so true. Uh, because of this movie... Well, who knows if it's because I know. Of this movie. We, can't, we can't say that definitively. That's, I just think yeah. that the, the lineup of what has happened is interesting. <laughs> that it's yes. happened a couple times. <laughs> you can't deny history where every time Goro has made a movie... Hayo has suspiciously made one right after. Yeah. <laughs> so after from Tales of Tales from Earthsea, Hayo is like I'm back. Ponyo. Mm-hmm. Then after from up on Poppy Hill, Hayo is like I'm back. Wind rises. Mm-hmm. Goro has made Earwig and the Witch, and Hayo Miyazaki is like I'm back. Don't know when, but I'm back. I guess yep. it's a movie called How Do You Live. Yes. Uh, according to Wikipedia, it says TBA, so it's not even um, a release date for it but he will be coming back yes to make it so if that's any indication to the level of quality earwig and the witch provides (laughs) that's one piece of evidence you can use i thought maybe people were lying when they were talking about how bad this was but they they i did too i know i was like i feel like everyone's just being mean because it's goro and because because it's like 3d animation and then i watched it and i was like oh no (laughs) it is so so bad the animation like you and i love the medium of animation yeah we're like the biggest fans of it i mean yes just yesterday clara's like we need to do an episode on the best animated movies of 2022 already yes i was like yeah yeah i'm so excited oh my god and we're going to because we sincerely love the medium of animation it is yeah such a beautiful way to tell a story mm-hmm. and there are a lot of great animated like in terms of visually speaking the animation is fantastic and probably 99 percent of all of studio ghibli but boy this is uh really bad like it looks yeah. so bad it's it takes me out of the movie so so often yeah every time i think i'm getting used to the visual style of uh ear we which i like get taken out after like a certain scene or a character mm-hmm. like it just looks and feels like a video game cutscene, but in a really bad way do you want to know what it reminds me of visually and i'm what? thinking of this just now as you're talking and it just dawned on me it reminds me of those fucking videos remember that like johnny johnny yes papa 
oh my video. gosh that's exactly <laughs> that's exactly what this is in terms of like yes. animation like those I, are like the same thing i can't believe you've seen those videos i feel like i was the only i felt like i went down a rabbit hole alone watching those <laughs> on youtube <but laughs> you've seen them too oh my god yes oh don't worry i saw them in nightmare I, fuel videos. oh my god so bad like what are oh those those if were so weird i hope people are looking this up go to youtube and type in johnny johnny videos and it's like a yeah weird song and animated like it's like oh it's like yeah borderline creepy they're supposed it. to be like kids videos but you're watching it and you're like i feel like there's like really bad like secret messaging in this like i feel like <laughs> <laughs> like there's something really wrong about this it does feel like a front for like something more yes sinister that's what i'm honest. saying so i'm like mm. but so the animation of that reminds me so much of earwig it's very like plastic it's plastic yeah, like it's, like it's just shiny Looking. yes oh it's, it's like it honestly kind of grosses me out like it's, I... <laughs> yeah it's bad it basically is a story about this witch who's like a baby her mom is a witch and like drops her off at an orphanage like mm-hmm. peace i can't take care of you doesn't really explain why but like um she's like being hunted by other witches oh she's sorry she's being hunted so which would be but, a yeah, great exactly. story i would love to oh my God, see that's that a cool story right <laughs> yeah mom drops her off uh mm. then the she names her earwig yeah which is uh, another story that i won't get into but the orphanage <laughs> calls her erica wig and the orphanage like raises her obviously they're very strict and she's like rebunctious and rebellious and then randomly one day two which is a witch and a wizard who are they're i don't think they're are they married or they're just like i just friends i really couldn't tell you i they live together they live um, together and they're in a band together which is important which i mean hey if you guys want to live together and not have any romantic relationship good for you good for you it's very unclear it's so unclear that it's just it's distracting almost <laughs> like you're just like are you guys fucking or what like what's going on it's very confusing because they they choose to adopt a child yes randomly i don't know like what the, so they choose I, to adopt a child because they need help creating potions yeah they wanted like a servant they wanted a servant and so yeah. you know uh there happened to be a witch and a warlock and you know the odds they they adopt earwig erica wig who's mm-hmm. a witch so whoa coincidence um and then she's like earwig is you know very like she's not bothered by it i mean she's bothered by it but like i would be way more afraid than she is she just doesn't really care she's like okay i'm gonna go and she's like i'll go if you teach me how to cast spells and make potions and it's basically about our time in this house with this weird couple or like people and she like learns to do some potions and she, I, I, I don't know like it, <laughs> there's like really not much that goes on but like you find out that it's like very musically driven which is very strange because the the warlock is a drummer yes. and the witch that adopts her is like a guitarist they're in a band called earwig and you find out that erica's mom is like the lead singer of that band yeah and uh, maybe had relationships with the warlock and maybe like that's why 
like that's the, yeah. their daughter together yeah but so it's they like, don't go into it <laughs> no <laughs> they don't they don't we just <laughs> they don't, i'm laughing because like there's so much you have to assume because there's nothing like ever explained at all exactly they they do a great job of surrounding this little girl with every possible person that is one of her parents without telling <laughs> us a single thing about if they are or not and it's just like the <laughs> The best part about this is that, so, you know, Erica, like, learns, she, like, learns potions or spells and, like, I can take care of myself and they, like, learn to kind of respect her at the end. They learn to, like, love her or accept her, I guess. Yeah. And then the movie ends with, like, the a doorbell ringing and she opens the door and it, her mom's at the door. Yeah. And then the movie ends. Yeah. It what that's like it, it ends where it gets interesting like this is where okay now what like that's where like i want to know more like, literally okay <laughs> that's it that's a movie yeah the, literally the my favorite part of this entire movie was during the end credits when they had those little illustrations of her life after the movie <laughs> ended i liked those <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> those were really cool and i would love to see that <laughs> be a movie um oh. yeah i don't know i just don't know even the Wikipedia just, like, ends. Like, it just says, Earwig's mother, another member of the band, drops in for a surprise visit. And then that's it. There's no, no sentences after that. It's like, okay, so what? Now what? Like, does Erica, like, know she's a witch? Do they, like, yeah, like does she find out that the warlock's her dad? Do the, does the mm-hmm. band get back together? Like, yeah. what it's, happens here? It's so... Con- like, this literally almost feels like a prologue. Like, it doesn't feel like a full story oh my god it yeah and and you know it's just it, it's one of those we talked about this in the last ghibli episode i think where i said like one of the best things about ghibli is the fact that they've remained so like dedicated to 2d animation in a world where every single movie is doing 3d now mm-hmm. and then we get this which is ghibli's first like excursion into 3d and it just like it doesn't work and it also just bums me out because it's just like, why? Like, why do you have to do that? Do what makes me the most mad? What? <laughs> I'm like really excited. <laughs> Is that like on like like the cover art for this movie? Oh my god! Oh my and, god! <laughs> like on Letterbox or like you look at a poster for this movie, it's like Earwig and the Witch. Yeah. And it shows Erica like singing into a microphone with a band playing in the background. Yeah. No point in the movie does she sing. There's no. zero, zero point where she like is in the band and singing. I thought maybe that's how it would end. Yeah. Like they all do get like along. a reunion. Yeah. And like she's like, oh, this is actually my. It's like a, I thought it would be more of a found family type thing. Me too. And then she was at the very end, they're going to have like a rock concert and sing because the poster, like she's like belting out she's some going. song. She's going. She's yeah. going. Never happened. Never happens in the movie. I I wish there was a scene of like her getting to sing with them all, but she's like actually tone deaf and like (laughs) and can't sing, and it's like really bad. No, no. but yeah, we don't don't, get any singing. I don't don't understand. understand. I don't understand. This movie makes no sense. I don't. I don't know how it happened. I wrote my review on Letterbox. The only thing this movie has done for me is make it very easy to choose the worst Studio Ghibli movie. And that's oh, it. that's a like, good way to put it. That's a positive. Yeah. yeah, at least we can all agree. Like the worst ones, at least Earwig and the Witch. Like we don't have to really discuss too much about that. Yeah. But oh boy, uh, yeah. <sighs> <laughs>
So we're so, obviously putting it at number one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, easy number one, Earwig and the Witch. Imagine. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm so glad. You know, if you like it, I'm glad you like it. But, or like, not you, but like people out there, if you like them. Right. I'm, yeah. I'm just so glad you're not like a contrarian. You're not like arguing with me. Oh, you know, actually, Earwig and the Witch is a. Uh, there's actually Ghibli value. There's value in the lack of narrative because. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god uh, yeah no 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 yeah it's not good okay not good it's so fine. throwing it into the no section yeah uh, <laughs> and the witch uh, okay that's Kay. that's the current fil- uh, filmography for studio ghibli yeah uh, there's also the red turtle which i haven't watched not uh it is kind of a collaboration with ghibli yeah. not really solely a ghibli movie so i, I have not counted that i one. think you should try it it's really interesting i want to watch it i do mm-hmm. french right yeah, it is, but um, it's also no dialogue. So, oh, I like those. Yeah, which are really I I do too. I always find those especially like interesting, and that's yeah. like I feel like one of those rare things that only animation can do very well. Oh, of yeah. like no dialogue in a film, but Big I love ugh, I love dialogueless films. I know. They're so cool. You and I are huge fans of I Lost My Body, which has oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, minimal dialogue. Yeah, god, minimal. that's such a good movie. Ugh. I love that. Ugh. Yeah, so do I. Big. I remember watching that like at two in the morning and just being like blown yes! away. Yes, God, it. I did that too. I was just like, yeah. oh my God. It's so good. I listen <laughs> to the soundtrack a lot still too. Oh yeah, that score is really good. Um, But yeah, Red Turtle is cool. I would definitely try it. But yeah, okay. it is one of those tricky ones where it's like, does this really count? Because like it's collaborative. So like, ooh, actually, you know what? I'm looking. They don't even have Ghibli listed under studios anymore on Letterboxd. Oh, really? But like, I swear... I, the whole reason why I watched this because it was listed under Ghibli. So like I yeah, know it's not on the wiki. Like at least oh. in the main the main section, like it just shows huh. Nausicaa to uh, to Earwig, and then that's it. And, and if you scroll down further, there's like a oh actually I don't even see it. Let me see if I just see. That's what I'm saying. Red. Are we getting like what is that called the Mandela effect? Uh, or Mandela is that effect. is that happening oh, to is. us right now? Yeah, it's co- It's under cooperative works. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> oh my so, god! Thank God. I was like, did we imagine oh my gosh. this? <laughs> Also under cooperative works, Reese's mm-hmm. Recess schools out, which oh. Studio Ghibli was uncredited for co-producing. Oh, what the hell? That's cool. Well, that for counting, cool. if we're gonna count Red Turtle, I'm gonna throw in Recess schools. Recess. <laughs> I keep saying Recess. New new number one, baby. <laughs> I, I I love Recess schools out. I'll be honest, really big I, fan of Recess in general. I remember really liking that. That was a cool movie. Big big fan. I love um, the show. Ghibli also has, I think, a Ghost in the Shell. Uh, yeah. According to this, Ghost in the Shell two, two, yeah, Innocence. Never seen that though. I haven't either. It's like the one Ghibli thing. Now that like Ghibli has deals with most streamers, it's like the only thing that Ghibli has listed that you can't easily find. Mm. Although, also you can like it's so hard to find all their short films because I've been trying to watch those, and it's really fucking hard to watch the yeah, Ghibli shorts. Yeah, I was trying to do that as well to kind of really get a you know well-rounded knowledge of studio ghibli but they're hard to find yeah and it's tricky because like i'm very i mean i don't really have any opinion of other people who like pirate content like you do you i don't give a fuck but i like try i don't pirate stuff oh oh i caught for a second i was like okay we're getting to pirates right now like i don't know oh Oh, like pirating uh, pirating i don't i don't pirate anything like i if i like have a very strict rule of like if the universe wants me to watch a movie, it will be on one of the 20 streaming oh, sites I own. <laughs> um, 
So I kind of just go that route with it. And it just kind of helps me feel less like, oh my god, I can watch anything everywhere, like at any time. And that just is very overwhelming. So I just stick to streamers. I will admit, though, that I have illegally watched a f- one, two, three, four <laughs> Ghibli shorts now, <laughs> and I feel really bad about it, but no, I want to watch I them. I only feel bad. I don't do it often. Mm-hmm. I don't want to admit to an illegal act, but I don't do it often. Oh, yeah. Wait. Yeah. This is like illegal, illegal. <laughs> I just blatantly admit it. Kara <laughs> means... That they don't actually watch it. They, they. I don't. I said I hate it. I don't do it. Clara does not like it. Yeah. Um, oh no. I, duh, I, I. When I've done it, I don't feel bad because it, the few times I've done it, mm-hmm. it's usually because it's it's a it's typically been like a Disney movie or like a big mm. conglomerate studio where I'm yes, like yes 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 yes. Mm, you probably treat your employees badly. And yeah. You probably don't pay some people enough, so... Yeah, definitely. And you already have so much money. You already have so much money, like, me doing this isn't hurting your pocket. Yeah. I have Uh, actually done that a lot with, like, audiobooks. Like, I pirated all the Harry Potter audiobooks. Yeah. I'm admitting this now. Yeah. Fuck the author. (laughs) Fuck it. I... Fuck you, J.K. Rowling. I pirated your content. J.K.R. Yeah. That's perfectly fine. Like, I wholeheartedly support that mm-hmm. um yeah i'm pro so that i'm pro that okay yeah. um uh this is all a joke if the fucking pigs are listening <laughs> <laughs> yeah this was a uh this is just a what do you call it not a gig improv a we're in imp- we're improving yeah this yeah. is a bit this is a bit. a bit i was trying to think of bit i was saying gig in my head a bit. i love saying, all bit. i love calling things a bit i'm yeah. a big bit person this is a yeah. bit <laughs> claire and i were just riffing right now yeah just we're just haha we fooled you <laughs> <laughs> uh okay so okay conclusion we yeah. don't have 10 in the hall of fame we have to make decisions okay 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 here are the ones that are in the hall of fame okay nausicaa okay Kiki's Delivery Service. Okay. Whisper of the Heart. Great. Princess Mononoke. Awesome. Spirit Away. Perfect. Howl's Movie Castle. Great. And then Tales of Princess Kaguya. Okay. Uh, that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven. We need okay. three more entries. Okay. Here are the ones that we've kind of gone back and forth on. We need to choose of these one, two, three, four. So we'll only have to cut one of them. Oh. Okay, fun. My neighbor Totoro. Okay. Castle in the sky. Okay. Grave of the fireflies. Okay. And the wind rises. Mmm. Decisions need to be made. Let's go through it together. Okay. Totoro. I felt more strongly than you did. I still yeah. think it belongs there. Really. I think that it's too iconic to not include in the Hall of Fame. Okay. Okay. That's that's ultimately my argument is whether it's maybe best in terms of concept or in terms of quality i think that it's like it's transcended ghibli that it's so recognizable it would be like impossible not to put it in the top 10 it's my ultimate argument okay you've sold me i'm fine with okay. it let's do okay. it i need to just rewatch it i think that <laughs> i yeah that also could be it too <laughs> that could be the issue i have it on dvd of, a lot of people were like pissed it was so low on my ranking um, really yeah they like flipped out like this Toros, is so interesting so low like okay they're all good calm down please yeah uh hmm. okay 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 yeah let's do it castle in the sky i 
I feel like it has to be, to be honest. I'm really relieved you're saying that because it's literally number three on my personal rank. I feel like it has to be. Like, there's, <laughs> yeah! it, it's so not as iconic as Totoro, but also it's older, but it has like stood the test of time, mm-hmm. in my opinion. So mm-hmm. it's like it just has to be there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Putting castle there. Ha ha ha. Okay, that leaves us between two more. I know. The two kind of almost spiritual sequels or one they very much are actually so this is really interesting grave of the fireflies the wind rises Mm. i i really love grave of the fireflies it's just Mm -hmm. it is so hard to watch it is not an easy movie to put on no like i i i I haven't put it on since i've watched it if i'm being Mm -hmm. honest but the wind rises i i like a lot more but you like it less than grave i think i don't know i don't know what you want to do um i have grave at like a four and wind rises at like a three and a half but that could change so yeah they are very close here here's my thought with them okay grave of the fireflies is a lot more difficult to watch and not fun to watch Mm -hmm. but i and i okay i'm trying to think of the best way to word this i feel like the stance that graves takes on its themes and like the anti-war stance feels in some ways a lot more firm Mm-hmm. in grave of the fireflies whereas the wind rises there is a bit more of that ambiguity yeah. yeah which isn't a bad thing that can be great we've talked i think we've talked about that plenty of times too where like that gray area can be really fun because you get ne- nuance yeah um but i do think it's interesting where we've seen plenty of other films from miyazaki like howls is a great example where like he's so like intrinsically anti-war like the war in that film is so bad and i get why we're getting a more ambiguous look in wind rises because like we're literally following one of the the engineers of the planes they used in the war Mm -hmm. um but in my opinion, if we had to choose between the two, I feel like that firm, firmer stance in Grave of the Fireflies makes it the my. I would vote for that one. I guess. Okay. I think I would agree. I I I, I would agree. Okay. Um, <laughs> I love the Wind Rises. I'll be honest. Yes. But I think the Great Grave of the Fireflies is just too good. It's just like, despite its its tragedy and despite how sad it is, like it's mm-hmm. still excellently told. Yeah, a very obvious and concrete stance that the effects of and cruelty of war. Mm-hmm. So I think Grave of the Fireflies is is really good ultimately. Uh, so yeah, I'll yeah. put it in the ten. Okay. Okay. And then we put Wind Rises at eleven. Eleven. <laughs> That'd be, yeah, we'll put that eleven. I, okay. I, I put it in stars. Honorable mention: The Wind Rises perfect okay that's okay. perfect wow well we've done it i'll recap really quick yeah yeah not not ranked we cannot right. rank them let's just right. this is, these are the 10 hall of fame studio ghibli movies according to joe and clara which <laughs> is the most accurate 10 you'll ever get from anybody of course <laughs> no. uh no uh no, i was say number one not number one just <laughs> just reading them not yes. ordered yes nausicaa of the valley of the wind mm-hmm. kiki's delivery service whisper of the heart Princess Mononoke, Spirit Away, Howl's Movie Castle, The Tale of Princess Kaguya, My Neighbor Totoro, Castle in the Sky, and Grave of the Fireflies. Honorable mention, The Wind Rises. All the ones that didn't make it, Porco Rosso, Ocean Waves, Only Yesterday, My Neighbors, The Yamadas, The Cat Returns, Tales from Earthsea, Ponyo, Arietti, Up on Poppy Hill, When Marnie Was There, and Earwig and the Witch. We did it, Clara. We did it. 
I'm really proud of us. I'm like, I'm, honestly, I'm proud of us too. We Lose talked about more movies <laughs> than we, I feel like, ever have before. <laughs> we did. And we did that, a good I'm job. I'm so glad we did this format. This episode itself could be a Studio Ghibli movie, just a yeah. journey of two friends talking about Ghibli movies. Oh my God, um, beautiful. It's a beautiful story. Get going, um, Goro. Animate it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I want. To, I think what we should do to end this episode is tell mm. everybody our personal top ten. Though we Ooh, made concessions okay. for each other mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. we wanted to stay as objective and subjective as possible and try to you know create a list that was all encompassing. Yeah. But in reality, things resonate more you know personally with each other uh, for mm-hmm. certain films. So I want to go over just really quickly our ten personal favorites fun okay what are you what's yours first your 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 favorite 10 um okay so just read all of them oh yeah do all of them okay okay yeah just read your, okay, read your okay. ranking okay okay um and go go from go from the bottom bottom up. to the okay yeah, okay yeah. so i'll start at 10 okay okay <laughs> or do, I, do, do 23 okay all of you them do that? Yeah, yeah. yeah do all of them okay <laughs> <laughs> I'm just here oh my god this is so fun <laughs> okay go for it okay okay so at number twenty three, I have Earwig. Um, mm-hmm. Twenty two, I have Tales of or Tales from Earthsea. Twenty one, I have Pompoko. Twenty, I have When Marnie Was There. Uh, Nineteen, I have The Cat Returns. Eighteen, I have Ocean Waves. Seventeen, I have um, The Neighbors. My my neighbors, the Yamadas. Uh, Sixteen, I have From Up on Poppy Hill. Uh, Fifteen, I have The Wind Rises. 14, My Neighbor Totoro. 13, wow. I know. <laughs> 13, Grave of the Fireflies. Um, 12, Only Yesterday. 11, Porco Rosso. 10, Whis- Whisper of the Heart. 9, um, The Secret World of Arietti. 8, Ponyo. 7, The Tale of the Princess Kagui. Kagui. Uh, ah. Uh, we oh no i'm saying it wrong i don't i i've been saying kaguya Kag- I, Kag- I can't remember okay i i'm so sorry everybody okay we're just gonna <laughs> keep going <laughs> i'm blushing <laughs> okay uh six is kiki's delivery service uh five is nausicaa um four is princess mononoke three is Whoa. castle in the sky i know two is spirited away and one is Howl's Moving Castle. Oh, I didn't know Howl's is your favorite. Okay. It, it's been shifting a lot. I've, ha- I've had like an ongoing four-way rotation between yeah. Howl's Spirited Castle and Princess Mononoke. Those always kind of flip around a little bit. Same for me. Um, Same for me. I will say also just really quickly that of those 23, what is it? Um, All the way until number 14 on my list are rated four stars or higher yeah so i think that's important to note too is like there's a lot of really big ones that i don't have in my top 10 but like i have rated really high yeah totally fair totally fair that's a good it's a good ranking i like it thank you thank you thank you okay i'm excited for yours okay here we go um at number 23 earwig and the witch okay (laughs) 22 tales from earthsea 21 ocean waves 20 from up on poppy hill 19 the cat returns 18 pompoko 17 when marnie was there 16 arietti 15 porco rosso 14 only yesterday 13 my neighbor the amadas 12 castle in the sky 11 ponyo 
10, Kiki's Delivery Service. 9, My Neighbor Totoro. 8, Grave of the Fireflies. 7, Nausicaa. 6, The Tales of the Princess. Hopefully it's Kaguya. Who knows what it is anymore? <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, 5 is The Wind Rises. Mm. 4 is Howl's Moving Castle. 3 is Whisper of the Heart. 2 is Spirit Away. And 1 is Princess Mononoke. And like Hell you, yeah. 1 through 4... It, Inter- like infinitely will always be rotating who knows yeah. who it'll be yeah who knows uh and then i would also like to say from 15 and up from wow Roso onward all four stars at the minimum so Damn. porco only yesterday yamada's castle ponyo not in the top 10 but all four stars mm-hmm. so like them all a lot Woo! all right we've done it yay i'm really proud of us oh my god i'm so proud of us too Okay, well, geez, wow. I don't want to do, like there's such a journey. Like I don't even know how to end this podcast. I know. Now, I'm, I'm like, like so do we talk about everything? Because we um, certainly did. Yeah, we really did. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, well, I guess I'm excited for our animation yes. episode. Yes, that'll okay, be really so that's cool. A, that's a good transition. So okay, perfect. I, usually at this point, I'm like, oh, Clara, tell us where you're from. But you know, we've I've we don't need to do that anymore. There's <laughs> a, a mainstay on this podcast, and we'll be here forever as long Yay. as they want to be. I will um, want to be here forever and ever. <laughs> perfect. And so, I, of course, I'll link my information and Clara's information in the description of the episode. Uh, again, thank you guys for listening to this mega two episode journey of Studio Ghibli ranked. I had a blast. Clara had a blast. It was really yes. fun. So fun. Uh, and we're going to continue talking about animation because we are going to talk about the year so far, since we're halfway through the year, talking about the best animated movies and the worst animated movies of the year. There are some yeah. really good ones and some not so good ones, but we're going to be talking about as many as possible. So yeah, um, that's the next episode. Can I do a slight spoiler? Let's go for it. I think everyone should watch the Sea Beast, Netflix's yes. new animated movie. Go watch the Sea Beast. It's Please really go watch good. it. Yeah, it's I, so I really good. I think yeah, everyone uh, should watch that movie. <laughs> not a spoiler. I mean, it came out. I mean, we're going to talk about it for sure. We're yeah. also, we're going to talk about all the Pixar stuff that uh, has come out. We're yeah. not too much into Turning Ready, you know, because we, we had a whole episode dedicated to it. But right. we'll talk about everything that's come out. But yes, second what Clara says, CBS rules. I it's thoroughly, so thoroughly enjoyed it. I would um, I would die for the CBeast. Yeah, I, I really like the CBeast. So we'll be talking about that. And we'll talk about Marmaduke if Clara watches it. So we'll see. I'll we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I might. I'm gonna try. <laughs> don't worry, you won't hurt my feelings if you don't. I will not be sad <laughs> if we don't talk about it. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Oh yikes. Okay. Well, Clara, thank you so much for being on. And thank you, thank uh, you. Everybody else for listening. I appreciate it. Thanks for rating and subscribing, and we'll see you guys next week. Mm-hmm.